Welcome back to another episode of the Invest in Yourself podcast. Today's guests feature Colombo crime family soldier Carmine Embriel and the author of his new book, Craig McGuire. Him and Craig recently wrote a book about Carmine's life in the Mafia as a Colombo soldier, and today we go into depth about what that book was about and all the stories that Carmine went through. One of the funny stories me and Carmine talk about is Carmine vandalizing Joe Colombo's house on Halloween night. Carmine was also very close with Joe Brewster and Joe Savita. When Carmine became an associate of the Colombo crime family, he became an associate in the crew of Michael Sessa and Carmine Sessa. Carmine also had lots of serious beefs with the Grim Reaper himself, Greg Scarpa. Carmine also talks about Larry Mazza trying to kill him as well during the Colombo War. Carmine was also in prison with a mobster named Matty the Horse. Carmine also knew Sammy the Bull during the life as well. One thing I'll bring up before we get started with this interview, don't be alarmed that you don't see Carmine on screen. He's joined in via the phone. I'm just holding up the phone to the microphone the whole time because Carmine is still somewhat in hiding, so he doesn't really feel comfortable showing his face at the moment. But you'll see Craig and me on there. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. It's a really good one, and I know you guys will enjoy it. All right. Uh, hey, Craig, it's nice to finally meet you face-to-face, man. And uh, via phone, we got Carmine. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a really good interview. I really enjoyed your guys' book. I mean, Craig, you did a really good job capturing Carmine's life in the mafia. And uh, Carmine, you got a hell of a story, man. And on top of that, you got a redemption story. So thank you guys for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, Adrian. We really appreciate the opportunity. Congratulations on the podcast. Some great contact and looking forward to jumping in. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think the best way to start this is we can go into Carmine's early life. Carmine, tell me a little bit about your life and becoming a product of your environment, I suppose. I always played sports, a lot of sports, uh, especially football. We used to play on the Dykes, Dyker Park in, on the Concrete League. Mm-hmm. It was nasty, nasty games. Like everybody from the neighborhood. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I would imagine. Dropped, I dropped out of school. Uh, then I started, I did a couple favors. And before you know it, it was full blown. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. uh, one guy would ask me something. I, I had two guys. That, Jimmy Ida wanted me to stay with him, uh, hang out here. His fifteen hundred go buy dress clothes. I went to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I recall that. Yeah, no. Yeah, when I cut back, he goes, "Are you fucking crazy?" <laughs> <laughs> he just blew all that guy's money. <laughs> yeah. He goes, "You know, you're paying me back." <laughs> Give me some time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know you, um, you know, you, your book is called the 13 Ave boys. So you guys yeah. grew up on the 13 Avenue and you, you had a lot of beefs with uh, the bath, bath Ave crew and different yeah. cr- other crews like that as well. Can you expand on what the 13 uh, Ave boys is? And yeah, it was just always a challenge. I mean, one time uh, they jumped me outside music high school and we jumped brother. Uh, Charlie Murphy, uh, Melfi, Melfi. He's mm-hmm. a tough kid, and I think there's a lot of tough kids around. Uh, you know, you don't take it for granted. And like my father used to say, you scrap, you scratch, you crawl, I rip his balls off. I don't care what you do mm-hmm. to win the fight. So, but at the end of every, my father at three o'clock in school, I had a beef with one guy, and uh, you want to fight it out? I talked to his father. Yeah. 
went up to the schoolyard. This guy beat the living shit out of me. <laughs> but then at the end, he was going, no more. No, no I'm fucking finishing this. It's a chemical. No more, no more. Uh, I happened to run into that guy about seven years later. And uh, he said to my son, this, your father wouldn't fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> Carmine always liked to fight. <laughs> yeah, for, for, uh, for... I mean, if I had to all the time. But... Uh, yeah, then I started uh, Shylocking. I had a beef with a, um, one of the wise guys up on 11th Avenue. And uh, he said, are you fucking crazy yelling at me? I said, I don't give a fuck who you are. I told him, take your hat off and let's go down the street. He goes, get out. She threw me out. So I went, Carmine calls the next day and said, I need you to come in. So I went in and he goes, you know, are you fucking threatening a wise guy? I said, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. I wanted to fight him in the fair fight. He goes, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. He goes, so he went and told them, from now on, comments with me. <laughs> and and uh, it was great. Uh, and I, I made friends with the other guy I had to argue with. Oh, really? To this day, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just like to do it one-on-one. Mm-hmm. One of the fights that I had before I left was with this guy, Danny, I forget his name. Craig, do you remember his last name? I don't remember his last name, Carmine. Uh, his name's Danny, his brother Rob died. Uh, he was driving sanitation. The guy stabbed him over a parking spot, dropped dead. He was a big, strong kid. Now, Danny, uh, his father was Whitey. Whitey was a contender in the uh, old days, the heavyweight. He was a good guy, a little mental now. <laughs> so I had a, an argument with Danny, and he goes, why don't we settle it now? I said, okay, let you go. Uh, I mean, I don't know how long I stayed. <laughs> I had black eyes. He had black eyes. <laughs> I was trying to bite him. He was screaming. <laughs> All kinds of shit. And then after that, uh, I go to see Joe Bruce. He goes, I'm wearing sunglasses, so he goes, take off the glasses. I took off the glasses. He goes, "You are you ready now to do some work? What? You want me to kill me? <laughs> I told you, you fucking mind. That's not it. I'll <laughs> uh, go ahead, Craig. I tell you, Adrian, just for a little bit of context. So this is South Brooklyn. Carmine was born in the 50s. Came up really during the 70s and 80s when he was most active in the uh, South Brooklyn neighborhoods of Dyka Heights. Uh, uh, Bensonhurst, Bath Beach, where all five families were uh, were heavily active. So uh, he was he was recruited by all the families. He was 13th Avenue. The Wimpy Boys Club was on there. That was not too far from the Veterans and Friends Club and 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 many other major clubs. And Carmine was more than a uh, than, than just a tough guy. He was a hustler. He was an earner. He was smart. He was involved in uh, in, in a lot of uh, underground rackets. And it's just fascinating when you look at his trajectory and all the different rackets that were operating back then. This was at the rise of. Uh, of of car theft when they started putting the uh, VIN numbers on cars. So you had tag jobs and you had uh, chop shops all over the neighborhood. And then you had this is the rise of the credit card uh, credit card theft uh, impersonation, as well as a lot of illegal gambling. You know the the the, the numbers. Carmen was heavily involved with with a lot of these different rackets that, at a time when they were so prominent. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he was involved with everything that you just talked about, <laughs> from according to the yeah. book. I mean, it was like, holy crap. Yeah, I mean, he was involved with a lot of stuff. And yeah, when Joe Wilson told me that, I said, what the fuck are you talking I'm not, not going to kill this guy. It was a fair fight. Mm-hmm. We shook hands. That's it. We're done. Right. So, uh, And that was it for me. I, I just said it. Not worked it with these guys. I've seen two of my good friends get killed over nothing. Uh, I mean, Michael Sessa was cheating on uh, Birdman. Birdman was in prison. He was going with his wife. That's not right. Mm-hmm. That's one so of the that, rules. That's one of the stories. That's you know. That's how he seen himself. I says this guy could stay in jail forever. Just give him a mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, uh, Joe Brewster is uh, Joe uh, D. Domenico, mm-hmm. who was uh, involved with the Bypass Gang. He was he was a made soldier. Uh, he was very well thought of and uh, a bank, a career bank robber, very uh, outgoing. And he took Carmine under his wing, mm-hmm. you know. So when he was ultimately assassinated, you know, Carmine took it hard, as did, you know, many of the other uh, people on the avenue. So, Carmine, talk talk more about your relationship with Joe Brewster, because that's fascinating. Yeah, it is. Uh, with Joey, it was, uh, I used to go pick him up in, in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Uh, I used to take him right to the club. I'll tell you a funny story. I had a Buick Impala, like a convertible. Mm-hmm. So I had it down. All of a sudden, we're on highway. And Joey goes, it's fucking drizzling. We'll put the hood up. I, it didn't work. <laughs> it wouldn't pop o- open the hood? No. Drop me off on the avenue outside the barbershop. My fucking hair's a wreck. <laughs> I told him I didn't play this shit. You sure? Let's waste buttons. <laughs> Nothing. What the fuck your body's cross for? <laughs> so, uh, Carmine, with uh, with Joe Brewster, I mean, when you were getting close with him, he brought you under his wing. And I mean, yeah. w- what age were you at this time when he started bringing you in? Uh, started, I would say, about nineteen. Pretty okay. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of stories with him. He was just a he was a funny guy and. It was good with my family. Uh, my brother-in-law went on one of the heists with him. Uh, my brother-in-law was Bucky DeLeonardo. Mm-hmm. Well, can and, you, oh, go ahead. Do you want to expand on the, you know, that? Yeah. Okay. So they had that. Uh, and one night he called Bucky and says, you could come to the first, uh, to the bank this time. So my brother-in-law comes home with a suitcase and 189000 Like I said, Joe, when, am I going on the next one? <laughs> I'll try to get in. <laughs> All right, don't try, do it. I told. <laughs> I I tell you, Adrian. One one of the it, 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 the amount of stories that Carmine has, and the amount of major underworld figures that he came into contact across many different families. I mean, he mentioned you know Joe Ida before the Ida brothers from the Genovese family, captains in the family, and then when when Carmine was in prison, some of some some of his other stories. He knew Sammy the Bull. His family knew Sammy the Bull Gravano, uh, and Christy Tick, Fenari, uh, uh Just so many different rich stories that Carmine and, and he has sort of a interesting funny twist on many of these stories yeah he does i mean just from the book i mean there's so many that you know i enjoyed and i, I got some notes on some of the ones i did want to talk on i mean carmine you want to expand on the, the joe colombo experience when you're uh, 12 years old halloween night <laughs> uh, <laughs> i climbed up the drain pipe to steal this big pumpkin and 
So he comes out on the porch with his silk robe on and cigar. Okay, genius, how are you getting down? <laughs> with the pumpkin. <laughs> I don't know. He goes, take the pumpkin, get out of here. He lets me do that. <laughs> Every time I see him, like once in a while, thumbs up. He gives me, that's that kid. A lot of times I had to go down for a uh, union mm-hmm. and don't let people in. That's what, that was all 13th Avenue and Grant Avenue. And we used to hold the picket lines. I mean, it was a fucking madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, back to your, like your early life. I mean, when you first got into it, you know, you, uh, you know, what, what was your, you, you became a bookie first, right? Yeah. Okay. They gave me a Sherlock book. And who was that that had given you that? The- um, Michael. Michael Sessa. Michael Sessa. Then I had a good friend on the street, uh, Mike Bellino. Do you remember Mike Bellino? Um, Craig, are you able to expand on him? Um, Mike Bellino was just another active uh, street guy with the Columbos. Okay. So they told me to take over his book, and they gave me the book. I said, my book is hard, hard enough already. I don't want it. Well, you got no choice. You take it. And I took it. And I knew in there, I mean, Mike told me already, like, please work with me. I I knew 90% of his customers was him. Oh, (laughs) so he was doing a lot of betting. Yeah, I recall that. Yeah, and I said, what the fuck? I don't want it. There's seven other guys here. Give it to them. No, you don't have, I just told you what you're doing. You're doing it. So now every month I had to pay for his book, too. It was fucking terrible. And he... he ended up being in prison for life, but I think he just got out. Damn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for a little bit more context, Adrian, so it was really active. Carmen was really active 70s into 80s in the Colombo family. He was sort of, as he mentioned before, who sort of tricked or pressured into aligning with the under Carmine Sessa, a rising captain in the family. Uh, in the Columbos, who had a f- reputation for being particularly vicious and dysfunctional, and and uh, also the uh, Greg Scarper, as as you as you're aware, he operated over there. Uh, High ranking member of the Columbos had issues with Carmine, so you had this really uh, volatile uh, situation just just percolating on the avenue, and Carmine was right in the middle of that, and this bleeds into the uh the outbreak of the third Colombo war yeah. and 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 carmine was right in the thick of that as well let's talk about the Colombo war carmine what uh when that first went down i mean what what was going on and what what was the first strike into it uh, we were going around looking for part of the other side that broke off and uh you know you had to go kill them but we weren't killing nobody because michael sessions decided we go out at three in the morning I said, the only thing I see garbage trucks. <laughs> and Carmine go, are you fucking kidding me? You're going out at 3 in the morning? Yeah, Michael said that's the best time. Best time to what? He's fucking all pissed off. Uh, he goes, and I don't want to be showed up by Greg. And once before with Greg, I had a big beef with him because I went away for credit cards and Shylock and stuff like that. But... Um, um, oh shit! I got caught with the credit cards, and I got three years on that beef. Mm-hmm. Greg got caught with sixty-two credit cards, and he bought them from an agent, FBI agent. Oh, really? uh, I said, "Come on, there's something wrong here." He didn't even go to jail. 
What are you trying to say? I said, I don't know. We got to look what look at this guy. And sure enough, like later on, he comes out. He was with the FBI for thirty years, right. and he went and killed this guy Lenny. It's um, up in Long Island. Um, the wise guy, because he put in a complaint to Bill Carmine at that time, saying um, he thinks Greg's a rat. So Carmine told him not to say anything uh, to him uh, and me. Don't say another word about it. Okay. But he got to Lenny and he killed Lenny. Now all the shit comes out. I say, you fucking bastard. That's why that guy was walking around with a, a license to kill. Mm, yeah, he, he was. And I mean, he was very active even in this third Columbo war that, uh, that you were a yeah. part of as well. Right. I mean, what, yeah. what was the first strike in it? I mean, for, just for a little, just to identify some of the characters here. Now, uh, my, uh, Carmine Sess is the one who brought Carmine in. Uh, mm -hmm. So as he was elevating and he was playing an increasing role in the family and played a prominent role during the war, uh, he elevated and then he named his brother, Michael Sessa, uh, to run his crew that Carmine was associated with. And, and Michael Sessa and Carmine had a running rivalry going back for years and, and they just did not get along. So this just continued to make Carmine's life very difficult and ultimately, you know, almost fatal. Yeah. I know, and we'll we'll get to that one here soon with uh you know the whole beef and everything with Carmine Sessa. Yeah. But you're talking about Jimmy Ida and Joey Ida. If I would have stayed with them, it would have been much better for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jimmy was a serious man, and uh, I knew it. He goes, but come over here. I want to know. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> you took my fifteen hundred dollars. I told you go buy clothes, and you sunbathing in Florida. Yeah, things could have been a lot different if you went yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah, really, it would have been a different story. Uh, like taking orders from Michael Sessa, it's it's just ridiculous. And he had his like all the other guys on their book had were paying one point. My book, I have to pay two points. Hmm. I found this out, and I called him. He goes, "I can do what I want." I said, "You gave." He has two Arab guys that he was dealing with too. Mm -hmm. And he gave them one point. I said, what the fuck, Mike? Something's wrong. So I like, he don't care. It is what it is. Just do it. Yeah, okay. First you gave me Mike Bellino's dead book, and now you're charging me two points. And I found out that everybody else was only paying one. I was fucking pissed. When, really pissed. When you found out, uh, what did you do? Did you go confront him? At that time, he was in hiding, but I spoke to him off the phone. I said, I don't understand you. I've been here through everything. Now, like, I don't, Craig, tell you, I had a meeting. Like, Carmine comes over to me, go home, put on a suit. You got to come with me. Okay, where are we going? I'll tell you when you get there. Okay, so I got there with a suit on, and uh, he took me, Bobby Sam, Larry Forianza, and... I think that was about it to see sit down with Vicarina to try to uh, settle this war. All right, so <laughs> I'm amazing. Like, no more gunfire, no more this. Okay, as soon as we got out of there, Greg killed another guy. So it, it's all fucked up, like, uh, Vicarina. So um, he didn't want to turn it over again. Mm -hmm. You know. 
Uh, Craig, do you want to expand a little bit on the on this board? I tell you, one thing I found fascinating from the outside coming in was when when you talk about you know a mob street war, and this was a street war. I think there were twenty two casualties, uh, and there was a lot of shooting. Greg Scarpa was highly active. There were hunting parties uh, all over the city trying to take each other out. And, and but was fascinating was it was still business as usual. You had this sort of claustrophobic effect where you had five families, hundreds of soldiers conducting business and just uh, engaging and interacting with each other while you have this running street battle. So at the beginning, you I mean, you had the uh, upper echelon of the Columbos incarcerated, including the boss of the family. Uh, So uh, there was a lot of uh, jockeying for position and who was going to run the family, who was going to be the street boss. So in the middle of this, as they were trying to to figure it out, this was a sit down, which ultimately failed. Uh, And right away, there was increase of violence uh, after that meeting. Started to be ex, you know, but his brother wasn't there. He picked me, so I said, yeah, I'll go. So we went there, and that was it. That was our show of force, like. And Greg, I don't know if you know, Greg Sharper's first kill was with this. He wasn't even involved in anything. Uh, Vinny Venus, we used to call him, because he owned the Venus Diner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Young guy, his kids are outside, they're hanging Christmas lights. He fucking shoots them in the back with a fucking shotgun. I said, why? Just because uh, he knows he's friends with those guys. I said, the other side. I said, that's no reason to kill a guy, especially in front of the kids. Damn. Yeah, and he tried that shit on me, came to my house. Thank God I was drinking that night because I had the biggest migraine ever. I couldn't even get off the floor. And he sends Joey Ambazino up to get me to come out to the car. So all of a sudden, Joey goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, when the wife opens the door, if you see him, just shoot through. He goes, I'm not doing that in front of his kids. Nah. No way. Sort of scumbag he was. And those kids weren't even sanctioned. By, you know, but he was so this is the level of, of dysfunction, Adrian, that's going on. And you had, you would think like the, the families at war, everyone would be 100%. But that's not, not the case because of this the disloyalty, the unraveling of the family, the irrational moves. And just how it was hurting business. And then you had, you know, the the, the head of, of Carmine's crew, uh, you know, trying to assassinate him off, you know, uh, in an unsanctioned uh, hit in front of his wife. Four hits that I, I beat. I, first of all, it's got my migraines. <laughs> and uh, the other times I just wasn't there. I was on vacation, Miami. I don't know where I was. Do you but, uh, recall yeah. who was trying to come after you, like, on, oh, yeah. on those occasions? Scarpa. It was Greg Scarpa. And didn't he uh, have Larry Massa actually out there trying to get you as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's insane, man. That means to yeah, really... Yeah. So, <laughs> when, when Larry... But at that time, when I was told that he put out a hit, I mean, I was carrying my own pistol. I didn't give a shit, but, uh, but that's no way to end it. Like, I just had to do something for revenge. Mm-hmm. That fucking guy killed my brother-in-law, Bucky. And not that I, I'm a big fan of his, but um, he killed him. And then he comes to my sister's house and tells me, uh, I'll give you $400 a week. You don't talk to the police. You don't do that. I told him, no, no, that's okay. I'll take care of my sister. So one of the wise guys there says, 
You know he could kill you for that now. I said, why? He goes, you just turned down his officer. He might think you're going to call the cops. Hmm. I said, that's fucking retarded. Listen, I'll make it clear to him. I could do it on my own. And uh, he was pissed. He was fucking pissed. Didn't you have a sit down with him, with Greg, a- after this? Uh, yes. What? But I was, I was represented by Paulie Zach. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the guy who said, you know, he could kill you for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's right. Another guy I'll get no Christmas gift. <laughs> and remember, Carmine wasn't made. No, he we, was not. He was always at, uh, you know, at a, a disadvantage, and especially as things started to unravel. So, and at, at, you had you had Greg Scarper who wanted him dead, and then you had Michael Sessa who wanted him dead, uh, and he was out there, you know, operating on his own. Yeah. Michael wanted me dead because I knew all his little fucking things he's doing wrong. I don't even, I don't think his brother knew he was getting two points. Matter of fact, I guarantee it. Never told his brother. So they were splitting uh, one point, and he got a whole one point coming to him. So I, what were, I was going to say, what were some of the things that you knew about Michael Sessa that he was doing that he knew that you knew about? Uh he knew that I found out about the point situation. Um, I knew he was dealing with these two Arabs. They were always on the corner or so. I said, what the fuck? And these guys got a book for one point? You're embarrassed. You embarrassed me, I told him. Fucking asshole. And every time I, after that, I thought I was really in close with Colin. And he got so fucking paranoid that like, he wouldn't even talk to me no more. Now I'm getting messages. Last time he took me to meet Victor Run. Vicarina. I mean, what the fuck? It goes up one day, the next day. I can't deal with it longer. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, your involvement with the Colombo War, I mean, you went on some hits and stuff, but you yeah. never actually had to, you know, kill anyone. No. There was a Patty Amato, I think it was. I think that was his name. We went out one night. And I went in a different car. It wasn't with Michael says. And he says, that guy, he's walking his dog. Everybody saw it. He was doing like a dance over there. Nobody hit him. <laughs> we had a fight about five shots at him. He was jumping up and down, but nobody hit him. <laughs> um, I think we got to go for target practice. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you, you came pretty close to it then, I suppose. I mean, yeah. you're actively out there doing it and stuff. But, I mean, yeah. for guys coming after you, I mean, what was your closest call during that Colombo War? Oh, uh, Michael Sessa coming to my house. Oh, with with the migraine, right? When you had yeah. that? I really did have a bit, because I, I had seizures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had a migraine. I, was, I just had a seizure, and I sure ain't going out. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So Joey came back a couple of times and said to me, uh, he told me the truth at the end. He goes, uh, I told Michael, no, leave him alone. So I said, thanks, Joe, but I don't think he's going to listen to you. But Joey goes, he told him straight out, I am not doing, uh, shooting him in front of his wife and kids. No way, no how. And Joey, me and Joey were pretty close at the end. And, uh, but he broke his ball, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing, Craig, I want to see if you are able to expand on it as well is, uh, you know, the whole Larry Mazza deal, like coming after Carmine. Because, I mean, we know Larry's out now. I mean, he's doing lots of shows and stuff. So yeah. I just really want to hear from, your, from you know, Carmine and your perspective on it. 
Uh, you know, really go ahead, Kamai. Um, friends told me we got to take you off the street. You know, uh, because there's four, they're like four hits on you. And it was funny because when I was doing, <laughs> I was recording wearing a wire. Uh, I used to drive to the meetings and stuff, and when I, I always used to be singing Frank Sinatra. The guy goes, <laughs> "What are you doing?" We don't want to listen to you sing. <laughs> That's my way of calming down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, well, I heard a couple of times, but I never seen him. Oh, you never did see him coming. But I—that's why I was counting the pistol. Because if I did see him, I would have to do it. Were you and him ever friends or anything before all this? Uh, associates, I know. I spoke to him long before this. Uh, you know, now when he went into the program or what. Yeah, so Craig, uh, what were you gonna say? It looks like you're about to expand. You on know, it. What, a couple of things. You know, if 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 you look in the book, there there's a series of incidents between Carmine and Greg Scarpa. There was a there was a large gambling. Uh, uh, Carmine had a, had a large gambling win, and then Scarpa didn't want to pay off. And then ultimately, there was a sit down, and Carmine did. Uh, Scarpa did pay him, but it left a bad taste in his mouth. There was also a, a, an incident in in front of Greg Scarpa's club where where Carmine beat up a guy, and you don't really do that in front of somebody's club without you know you go down the block around the corner. There's all these different things, but that's nothing compared to you know during the war. And now remember, there was there was one particular incident not related to Carmine where a it was a case of mistaken identity where a, where a teenage boy was killed in a bagel store owned by one of the, one of the, the Columbos. Uh, so that really pushed everything even further onto the front pages and ratchet up the heat. Yeah. Now the police, it was like full on crackdown. Now Greg Scarp is feeling all this pressure. Uh, and then Carmine's just another loose end. Hmm. So I took him outside Greg's club and I beat the piss out of him. So Greg goes, I don't want this shit here. I said, talk to the other guy. Meaning Carmine. <laughs> he couldn't do nothing. I took it down. So now I was running it in on him. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So there was uh, a, another club on 13th Avenue where Carmine Sessa operated, and and Carmine was sort of under Carmine Sessa's wing. So oh, oh, get some protection. Here, hold on, Craig. Saying still talk. Here, hold on, Carmine. Can you hear Craig? All right. Uh, Craig, uh, say that again. Well, remember, Carmine was brought in by Carmine Sessa, who was a captain. So we had limited protection there, but Greg Scarpa uh, really had it out for Carmine. So. That kind of protection only would go so far, mm-hmm. especially as the war heated up. Yeah, I mean, so what eventually wrapped up the war? Uh, I really don't know. I was gone by then. Uh, I really don't know exactly what happened. Well, I knew exactly what happened. Everybody got arrested. Mm. You know, <laughs> well, they were able to. They were if if you see in the book, you know, Carmine was. Yes, Carmine was arrested. Uh, and they had evidence on him for, you know, for, for multiple crimes. Uh, and they were pressuring him. At the same time, you know, they revealed to him uh, these uh, failed assassination attempts. So Carmine was uh, between a, a literal rock and a hard place. So he had to make a decision. And actually Carmine, and, and this comes from Tommy, Tommy Dades. Tommy Dades, you know, famous, retired New York City detective, uh, he actually introduced me to Carmine, so this is how I got involved. Oh, okay, and you know he shared uh, the, the you know the fact that Carmine bugged uh, Joey Ambrosino's car, 
And in that car were so many different uh, conversations between high-ranking Columbos, which really helped build a lot of cases that Carmine yeah, later tested. To listen to that too. They did. Motherfuckers, I knew it. Because first of all, we were button heads. Like we went to school together in two hundred one, I think it was. Uh, he was a fucking young punk in, in the in the school. I never had a fight with him, none, but I'd be free to do it. You know, and uh, now he's a cocky, turned into the cockiest motherfucker in the world. Got me sick. You know, and we break a number, number of times. Uh, he, he was such an attitude. He used to sit outside. I used to drag my head in his fucking guts. This guy. He really was a piece of shit. Craig I was won. so happy okay. that night when, uh, well, he got shot by uh, those young kids. <laughs> shot him right in the eye. So I liked the zeal he's suffering. And then he had, uh, what, AIDS, I think he had? Uh, who, yeah. This is Greg you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, I mean, he suffered the right way. I was, <laughs> I was so. Did you have something you're going to throw in there, Craig? Uh, just that, you know, I, I kind of think how fearless these guys were, Carmine and other guys who, who cooperated with the government. When you think about them, you know, the, the wires were actual wires and, and large apparatus they had to strap onto their bodies. They weren't like these hidden little mics that you have today. And, you know, to go into the lion's den, I mean, there were no cops waiting outside to rescue you, you know, if things went south. And Carmine had some, some pretty hairy situations wearing a wire. You want to expand on those situations, Carmine? I couldn't really hear that good. Uh, he just said that you had some close calls while you were wearing the wire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was one it, of those? Uh, I go to uh, Joey and Bazzino's house. A couple of guys are there. And uh, Carmine's there. There was a few guys. And I'm wearing the wire. So I got the <laughs> The fucking pitch spills like, great, you something on my shirt. I said, what the fuck? So now, Lucille was trying to open my shirt. She goes, let me wash it. Let me wash. I said, Lucille, I live fucking 10 blocks away. I can put on a new shirt and come back. Okay. <laughs> and that was but a- she, she was tugging on my fucking shirt. Why don't you just let me wash it? I feel so bad. Louise, cut it out. I'm done. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. She was one of the girlfriends that was there. No, uh, that was Joey's wife. Joey's wife. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you what they did. They were very smart. But every uh, every week I had to drop off $350. And that was for Lefty. That was just going to Lefty. It's like a charity thing or something. Mm-hmm. So I was dropping off the 350 So she goes, now she's on tape and she's going, okay, Carmen wants to make sure you're up to date with the 350 and everything. I told him you are. I didn't think you were going to come this week. And now she's telling me everything. Uh, telling me all this shit about these guys. And like I couldn't shut her up. <laughs> Damn. So, now the FBI, when uh, they arrest Joey, uh, they told Joey, uh, you really don't, we, we'll let you back out on the street when your wife's going to prison. Damn. So that that's how they turned him. Mm-hmm. I want to... Yeah. Um, Adrian, to, to speak to your earlier question, like how the war eventually wound down, 
you know, uh, Tommy Dades puts it best when he says everybody lost, every family lost, especially the Columbos. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the upper echelon, everybody went away. You know, mm-hmm. everybody got hurt. All the people who died, uh, they just lost their power, shuttered all the social clubs, just totally dismantled the, uh, the mafia from its power bases in Brooklyn. You know, they still uh, do operate, but nothing like you saw in the 70s and 80s. And, and it, Carmine actually testified and helped put, you know, between 30 and 40 uh, uh, mobsters away. Uh, and and, and that, that would, in, in and of itself, Carmine's journey through uh, witness protection and testifying in that long period and then his actual time in the, in the, in, in the program was just fascinating. Mm-hmm. What would what, have what flipped him then? I mean, like, what how what was the time when he was set up? I mean, I, to me, in my notes, I have that it was Fat Billy. I, I mean, had my house surrounded. What happened was I had this guy, Billy, in the florist. Mm-hmm. He was a bum, like, but he calls me right away because he used to get me coke, and then I used to sell it sometimes on my runs. So he calls me one night, and he's going, come on, you got to see what I got. Come here. Listen, Billy, I'm not coming here tonight. I'm not doing it. So he goes, well, what am I going to do with all this for tomorrow? I said, come on, Billy, stop it. I just told you. I'll see you tomorrow. So he's oh, he kept talking and talking on the phone. Then I knew. Plus he goes, you do like stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Next day, the, they were all around my house. Talking Billy was rat, got ratted. Uh, he ratted me out. Mm-hmm. But he was a nobody. You know, he's a fucking bum. And, and so the feds, when they, you know, busted you for this, they'd played the tapes and everything for you about the guys yeah. that were coming after you. And that's what got you to say, all right, I'm going to start wearing a wire and going undercover. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> as long as my wife was for it, my wife was for it, which there's a lot of women that I read all the time. A lot of these guys get divorced right away. I'm not divorced. I still have my whole family. Wow. <laughs> And I'm doing great. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, first of all, going back to God and everything, it made me a better person. Like, uh, come out of church, just, just say, think what God would do. Think with God. And that's what I do. That's the way I carry myself. And no problems. I mean, I don't back down from a problem, but no problems. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's great for me and my family. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so when you were going undercover wearing a wire and stuff like that and there was a time where you thought even maybe greg scarpa knew that you were wearing the wire yeah I'm, yeah we went out for dinner like all of us and craig come, greg comes and uh with his car all shot up so like now carmine's talking to him and saying who shot it up joe waverly he goes the fuck i think i think i killed him but then i don't know because he started firing back Hmm. Joe Witt was a tough guy. That's a real tough guy. He came in with Ralph Scopel one time and just said, Colin goes, what side are you on? He goes, my side. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm the new boss and Ralph is the underboss. <laughs> he was that crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, just a, a word on Joe Waverly. And, and and this is interesting. Tommy Dades brought, brought it up on a previous uh, previous interview and, and in the book. Joe Waverly was a captain and he was he was a tough guy. But his his ex wife uh, was yeah. a fiance for New York City police officer uh, uh, officer Doles, 
And Joe Waverly had some of his underlings assassinate uh, Officer Dulles. And it, w- it was it was shocking that a, a police officer could be assassinated. So mm-hmm. that, more than anything, from what I understand and from what Tommy Dades has told me, really, that was it. They, they just cracked down on the mob in South Brooklyn and they went and they closed all the all the all the all the all the shops, all the social clubs, anything with mob involvement. So that period there, and that was the Joe Waver. These are the type of people Carmen was interacting with. Damn. Yeah, yeah. around some uh, serious guys. Uh, yeah, and I got to tell you a story. That that girl Kim, she was a pretty girl. So I met her. We went for dinner in Cerritos, and on the way out, she just picks up a, like a fur coat. I know she didn't come in with a fuck over, so I'm like, what the fuck? So we walk out the door and everything, and I go to see Joey and my brother-in-law. So Joe Bruce goes, get over here. <laughs> what's, up? what's wrong with you? He goes, that's Joe Wheatley's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's the one. He's good. I said, Kim, give me a, leave the coat here. I got to go. <laughs> it was crazy because next morning Jimmy Ida comes walking get the fuck hold back tonight bye tonight I said okay I didn't even, he didn't want to hear the story nothing I just said okay I'll get I'll, you, I'll make sure it's here tonight and I did he goes well what kind of fucking loony were you with <laughs> I never knew who it was and uh, Joe Bruce warned you about Get on the wrong side of Joe Waverly. You better watch your ass. Yeah. I mean, you said he was obsessed with this girl, too. Yeah, he really was. I know he even made a phony divorce papers. For her, <laughs> for her to sign? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She showed you. I told you I was leaving my wife. Here's the divorce. He made them all phony. <laughs> it was all over the neighborhood. This guy's nuts. She didn't want to return that code either, did she? No. <laughs> oh, and uh, when I was in prison, I got very, very close with Matty the Horse. Mm-hmm. Great guy, great guy. Like uh, I used to play handball. I was three years in a row. I won the trophy. <laughs> um, they used to be betting on me twenty five thousand, thirty grand. How do you feel today? They flew me in new sneakers. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. Yeah, but they might. My kids came up with my wife, and Maddie was seeing somebody else. And in the in the room, the visiting room, he said, "These are all your kids." I said, "Yes." He goes, "I hope this, hope you know you're done. You're cut off. I'm going to cut you off from everything." So I said, "Why? He goes, you don't need this life. You got your own fucking life." Yeah. And, that. Yeah. and he was a, he was a wise guy. He was a very, very smart guy, and it's really the things we used to do. I thought when he first came in there, like, oh, years ago, I used his a credit card in his place for like 11 couples. And uh, he comes over to the table, and he says to me, right, looking at me, going, I'll let you do this, Sonny, no more. I don't want the credit cards in there. Hmm. Okay, no problem. Thank you, Matty. I get to prison. Here he comes walking down, like into the day room where we were. He goes, uh, "You, I was playing cards with <laughs> you. Come over here." I'm looking like me. So he goes, "You, yeah." I come over to him. He goes, 
I yelled at you once. Don't make me do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, I just want to clarify. That's um, uh, Maddie Ionello, who rose to the top of the Genovese family. So mm-hmm. just a, another major organized crime figure that Carmine crossed paths with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. He I mean he was around a lot of guys, and that's what makes Carmine's story so interesting. And I mean, the fact that he's here to be able to tell them is, you know, insane. I mean, but he's he is, and it's it's good. I really did enjoy the book. I know we're at that forty-five minute mark, so I, I mean, I'd love to have you guys on again. And where, where can okay. where, where can the people find your guys' book? I know Amazon, but do you have any exclusive other places? Yes, uh, just big shout out to Wild Blue Press. There's something special going on there. Have just um, rolling out some amazing true crime and books in other genres. And uh, that's the best place to find the latest and greatest coming out for us. I'm, I'm telling you, there's so much going on. Uh, you know, expect to see more. I think, yeah. Because he helped us a lot. Tommy yes. Davis? So, yeah, he was the one from the beginning. I knew him from the neighborhood. I was dating one sister. He was dating the other. <laughs> so I, I said, as far as going to dinner with you, I don't think I'd go to dinner with you. Yeah, and he was he on the other side of the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> We always had a good time, but when I got locked up, he always brought me good food and everything. Wow. Just take it easy. Take it <laughs> what are they asking you? Because he would say, don't do it. And, uh, and uh, I never bothered. I, I looked away. Even to today, he tells me, uh, better stay safe. Like, do what you have to do, but stay safe. I said, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Well, okay. that's good. He stayed your friend over all the times and everything. You guys were on opposite yeah. sides yeah. of the law. I mean, he was the law. Yeah. He used to drive by the avenue and, like, just point. <laughs> yeah. Just to buck with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Carmine, you got anything else to say? Or, Craig, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, no. Just to thank Tommy. That's me. And Craig. Craig, mm-hmm. we put a lot of uh, years into this book. <laughs> How many years would you say? Uh, I tell you, we started out right before the uh, pandemic, and it was about two years uh, before we brought it uh, to release. So it was yeah. a journey. And well, Carl, I, think- I tell you, we still have so much more material. Oh, uh, sure. You know, it's just all these great, you know, slice of life stories from that period. You know, it's just amazing material. Yeah. Well, I think you, you and Carmine are a really good duo. I think Carmine... I mean, you, whoever picked two, I mean, you guys did knew what you were doing because, I mean, the, the book was absolutely amazing. And I recommend it to anybody that enjoys mafia content, true crime, or just, you know, want, want to read a good story because Carmine definitely has a good story. And Craig did a great job doing the research, interviews with guys just to make this book happen. I mean, it was a long, big project, but definitely well worth it, man. That's why we're here talking today. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you so much. Please comment any key takeaways that you got from this interview. Carmine's got one hell of a story. He's lucky to be around here to still tell it and spread the truth about what he went through and his perspective about what the Columbos went through and how he really changed his life around and was able to get around him and away from that life. Carmine has so many more stories that we didn't cover. I intend on having him back on it. But for the meanwhile, please share this interview with anyone that you think will enjoy this type of content. Also, please don't forget to hit subscribe to my channel because I got a lot more interviews like this that are coming out and that I've already released. So please be on the lookout for that. Also, I'll put Carmine and Craig's book in the video description so you can buy that. If you really enjoyed his story, I know you'll enjoy that book because I read it front to back and it was really, really incredible. 
Craig did a really good job on capturing Carmine's story. He really expanded on just Carmine telling him a few stories here and there, and then he'd boom, he'd just go in there and write, 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 man. So check it out. They did a really great job on that. I'll also put my clothing brand website on there as well if you want to support me. I got t-shirts, hoodies, beanies, and sweats on there. And the last thing that I'll bring up is my Mafia playlist that I have. I'll attach that at the end of this video. You'll see it pop up and you can watch all my other Mafia-related interviews. Thank you again so much for watching.